Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hello, this is Penny. Welcome to our Flourish Podcast. I want to speak today from 1 Corinthians 5, verses 9 through 13. I'll just read that for you. It says, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. I did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world or with the covetous or swindlers or idolaters, for then you would have to go out of the world. But actually, I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he is an immoral person or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or a swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Do you not judge those that are within the church, but those who are outside, God judges? These verses I became aware of over the last several years, and they really helped give me a good perspective about relating well to people who haven't surrendered their lives to the Lord yet. And who haven't seen clearly in order to receive and realize this incredible peace and help and favor that comes from choosing to live with the one who desires to be our Abba, our dad. I mean, what a privilege, what an opportunity, but obviously there are many people who are still not able to see what we have come to see, not able to understand what we have come to understand and to experience The life that God has given to me is precious, and I'm sure you could say the same. Psalm 16, 5 and 6 talks about how he takes care of us. And it says, the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my inheritance is beautiful to me. I'm so thankful for my life and for what God has done in my life. Totally made me a new creature, changed me completely. I'm not the same person. And it's so critical to live in a place where I'm grateful and also to avoid condescending mindsets. These verses speak to how we should relate to those who don't know the Lord yet. What should our posture be? How should we view those individuals, perhaps including even our own children or our parents or our spouse, maybe even or people we work with? How do, we, how do we relate to them? What should our overarching mindset or attitude be? The idea that we need to shun or avoid or steer clear of people who are not Christians seems to be addressed very clearly here. Again, he said, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. I did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world. He's actually calling on Christians to step back from those who say they belong to God, but are living an immoral life. Without apology, obviously, because the Bible talks in other areas about when a person is caught in a trespass, when they're struggling, that the spiritual ones should come alongside them and restore them in a spirit of meekness. So he's obviously talking here about outright people that said they're Christians, but are completely refusing to adhere 
to any of the moral absolutes or, or to the moral absolutes that are in the Bible. So I think there have been times where we felt that we've had an obligation to keep our distance from people in our lives that are living immorally. But he says otherwise here. God has taught me a lot over the last years about even friendship with my own kids, who I have always adored with my whole heart. But whether or not they're following God at this point, even. I have learned to do what I just recently heard John Bevere share, and God has also shown this to me. He talked about how he has made a contract with God in so many areas of his life to trade his concerns, his prayer requests, the things that were heavy on his heart, trading them for peace and hope and faith in God. So I've made a contract with God to trust him for my kids' future and to let him be the one who judges their actions, their behaviors, etc. Now am I allowed to appraise, to have an opinion on, to make a decision about their choices? Of course, but that's different than judging. And it's also, let me add, different than expressing all these opinions to them. They're all adults. Matthew 7, 1 says, judge not lest you be judged. And then it goes on in great detail to challenge us to be humble of heart and not look for reasons to criticize or condemn others. But then in 1 Corinthians 2, 15, it says, a spiritual man appraises all things. So we, of course, can examine ideas. We can examine behaviors, attitudes, etc., We obviously have to use the the wisdom that God has given us to be discerning and to appraise things. But that doesn't mean we can pass judgment or condemn that person. And we are also wise to use a great deal of discretion in what we say to them and when we say it. That doesn't mean you have to have a gag over your mouth, but you have to use discretion and you have to wait for the right time to actually have influence that will make an impact or that will matter in their lives. So, in our relational interactions with others, we need to ask ourselves, is the person of this world, as the Bible says, or outside, as the Bible says? If so, God takes on the responsibility to judge him or her. I can model the character of Christ I can influence. I can share God's wisdom or heart with them, again, at the right moments. I can pray for them. I can embrace them wholeheartedly in the right way. Of course, without choosing to engage in behaviors or be at places or watch or listen to things that are not in keeping with my convictions. I don't have to compromise, but I can still wholeheartedly love and embrace them. It's not a conflict of interest or a failure of our spiritual calling to intentionally demonstrate extravagant love, warmth, and no judgment in relation to a person who's not a Christian. It's rather our obligation and our privilege. So I don't ever have to feel guilty when I'm really drawing a person close to my heart that doesn't know the Lord. That's okay. God's got their number. He knows what he's doing. When I'm with my kids who aren't yet fully yielded to Christ, they're all adults, like I said, I'm not worried. I'm not stressed out. Nor do I feel the need to correct, instruct, remind, 
I don't feel the need to just like hover over them or talk about things they do that I maybe don't agree with. I don't need to do that. I used to feel as though I was, in a sense, God's voice to them. And maybe as little kids, obviously you're modeling the Lord for them and and what you say is representing God. Almost like the Holy Spirit. I, I used to feel like, oh, even as adults, gosh, it's it's my job to make them be able to know the Lord. However, I am not the Holy Spirit. He can handle his job without my help. I can trust him to speak to them, draw them, challenge them. And then that leaves me the enjoyable job of loving them well, encouraging them, helping them, befriending them. These verses help me to further release my kids to the Lord, knowing he will handle his part and I can just be at peace, knowing that he's fully engaged with them. So 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 13, look it up, read it yourself, pray about it, talk to the Lord about it, ask him what it means, ask him what it means in your relationships. How does this affect my relationships perhaps with my kids? I have a, I have a real passion for people who are estranged from their children. And I, I realize that sometimes kids walk away from us and they, they don't want to be close to us. I get that. And that's a hard place to be. But I just feel like God can really give us a grace to love them well, in spite of where they're at in life, what their choices are. I feel it's a privilege to be able to do that. And he says again here, I do not at all mean with the immoral people of this world. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? But those who are outside, God judges. That takes the pressure off me. That takes the responsibility off me. Yes, again, I want to speak life to them. I want to be a model for them. I want to witness the character of Christ to them. But I don't have to be their judge and jury. God will handle them just fine. So thanks for being a part of this podcast today. I hope it helps you, maybe even challenges you a bit and encourages you. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Flourish podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.